Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. We set very clear targets for both 2030 and then in one case, 2040. So for example, reducing our emissions of our operations by 47% by the year 2030, eliminating food waste going to landfill by the year 2030, making sure our leadership reflects the diversity of our communities by 2030, and enabling a billion meals by 2030. And then our 2040 goal is actually to be net zero in our operations uh, by that year. And then we laid out clear plans in each one of those areas for how we would actually achieve it. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, I feel like we've been on the conference circuit lately. It's been refreshing to see so many people in our industry come together. Yes, especially some of the more recent Brave Commerce events that we've hosted in different cities actually around the world. It has been really remarkable to see competitive brand e-com leads hanging out together, not necessarily sharing secrets, but at least aligning on common goals and what needs to be true for us to lift all boats, that whole concept of the rising tide. And I don't know that I've seen that in the entirety of my career, but when I see it, it's incredibly inspiring because it means that you're working with some decent people, you know? I agree. You know, I've always found that the most valuable uh, mentorship that I've ever received in my career is people who have the same role at other companies. So when I started my career agency side, it was strategists at other agencies. When I was running Digital Gap, it was people who had the same role brand side. And now starting my company, it's it's fellow founders of SaaS companies that are going through different stages of growth and we can help each other with learnings. You're my BFF in that regard. I know. When I became CEO of 360i back way, way back in the day, it was my first CEO job. 
And I remember the CEO of another competitive ad agency reached out to me and said, you know, this is going to be a real lonely job. And we don't get a lot of friends as CEOs because you look to the left and you look to the right and you realize you're the one in charge. I'm here to be your friend. I promise I'm not going to stab you in the back. I was like, for reals? And it turned out he was totally right because these jobs are not easy and different companies, different problems, but at least a heck of a lot of empathy. It's not necessarily true everywhere though. Exactly. And we're about to bring Suzanne Long onto the show, who's leading sustainability and transformations efforts at Albertsons. And she really gets into how the systemic challenges that they're trying to solve in the world are not just theirs. It's every retailer. And that the way to create positive change in the world is by working together. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff where working together can have some good business implications and everything like that. You can try to find alignment of interest. But in the area of sustainability, like we all have families, either ones we've created or ones that we've come from. We want to make this world a better place for the next generation or just for next year, for goodness sakes. Just put all this other crap aside and just get things done, you know? Well, if you are a retailer, we hope you listen all the way to the end because Suzanne has a call to action for all retailers to participate. And don't worry, CPG Brands, she has plenty of tips and tricks along the way of how you can join it too. Let's bring Suzanne onto the show. Hey, Suzanne. Hello, how are you? Doing great. We're so excited for this. A new angle of commerce I don't think we get into enough. I think that that's true for a lot of companies, to be honest. So I think the world is changing, though. You're absolutely right. Your title is pretty loaded. So I thought we could start there and unpack what it means. So Chief Sustainability and Transformation Officer, what is your scope? Great question. It's large, which is a great thing for me, both personally and professionally. The sustainability part is really all about driving Albertson's environmental social governance strategy and agenda, making sure that given the size of the company we are, that we're doing right by sort of our broader global community and the local communities we serve. And then on the transformation side, it's actually uh, work around cultural transformation related to our retail frontline that when we think about a few years ago, All of our folks at the front line were considered heroes, right? We talked about how they were essential workers and there was sort of a purpose that we all saw in that. And I think it can be easy sometimes to think about retail as a transactional business, but yet we know the importance that our frontline brings to experiencing our stores. And, you know, you can buy Cheerios a lot of places. So the thing that's going to differentiate us is not going to be in the box of Cheerios. It's going to be in the environment that we provide for our customers. And the only way we can provide a great environment for them is if we really take care of our own. It's really about making sure we unleash the human magic for our people so they can then hopefully unleash the human magic for our customers. Well, speaking of human magic, let's talk about moonshots because that's pretty magical in and of itself. We've seen companies establish moonshot sustainability goals in tough economic times. We've also seen them deprioritize efforts. That can be very concerning to somebody in your position. So how does Albertsons ensure that this basically doesn't get first thing cut? You bet. Well, it's a great question because one of the things that's unique about the environmental social governance or sustainability space is that unlike any other business request or any other thing I can think of even in regular life, 
we ask folks in this space to say, where are you going to be in 10 or 20 or 30 years? And how are you going to get there? I mean, most companies or executives are trying to figure out what does the next quarter look like? What does the next year or two years look like? So asking someone to look that far out and say, who are you going to be and how are you going to get there? It's really challenging. So they are moonshots in a way, but I think the way we have gone about this, which I obviously really believe in, the first thing is identifying the things that are most important to you, the things where you actually want to make your mark. You know, what does the moon look like? You can't take a shot at it until you actually know it exists and what it looks like and how far away it is. And then it's really about saying, all right, what have others committed to in this space? How do we show leadership? in this space? And then how do we figure out sort of mathematically where we currently are and what it would take to hit some of those goals and then make very deliberate plans to be able to hit them? And so I think the way to avoid the moonshot is to be very crisp and clear about what you're trying to do. Be very clear on how you establish the goals to get there and then make sure you at least have several years of a roadmap that leads you in that direction. So it's not pie in the sky, but it's also not all tactics and not looking for the bigger picture. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. So what is the agenda that you are chasing? What's the five, 10-year plan? You know, I would say a few years ago, we couldn't answer that question. And so that was actually the question we went to answer was to say, who do we want to be? I'll call it when we grow up in this space and how are we going to get there? And so what we did was we said, what are all the things we have to care about as a food grocery retailer that you want us to care about to make us just legitimate in this space, right? We have to care about everything from sustainable ingredients, food safety, health and safety of our associates, the amount of plastics and packaging we're using, animal welfare. I mean, there are literally a couple dozen topics that not just are sort of middle ground for us, but are essential for us to be able to respond and, and engage in the marketplace. And then we looked at and we said, okay, all of them are important, but which ones are the ones where we want to show real leadership, where a company of our size wants to sort of stand up and say, we're going to do something meaningful in this space and really try and set a tone. And so we went through what's called a materiality assessment. And that's really going through with your stakeholders externally and internally. So think customer surveys, interviews with investors, surveys of associates, meetings with senior leadership 
really going out there, even talking, you know, industry experts, people who are looking at trends of where the industry is going and pulling all that information together and saying, which ones float to the top then for where we want to show leadership? So a great example where you expect us to keep you food safe every day. You're never going to give us extra credit for making sure you don't get salmonella, right, from a product. That we just have to be operationally excellent every day. We had to pick topics where we could show leadership that would bring others in the industry along with us. And so where we landed was climate action. That's really all about energy and emissions. Waste reduction and circularity. That's about plastics and packaging and food waste. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a three-legged stool. It definitely has to do with diverse suppliers, but it also has to do with the diversity of our associates and the diversity of our customers and making sure we're doing all three of those well. And then last but certainly not least is community stewardship. And that really has a focus on hunger. And then within each one of those four areas, and we call this in aggregate our recipe for change, we set very clear targets for both 2030 and then in one case, 2040. So for example, reducing our emissions of our operations by 47% by the year 2030 eliminating food waste going to landfill by the year 2030, making sure our leadership reflects the diversity of our communities by 2030, and enabling a billion meals by 2030. And then our 2040 goal is actually to be net zero in our operations uh, by that year. And then we laid out clear plans in each one of those areas for how we would actually achieve it. It's amazing. You know, you said earlier, we want to establish goals that others can participate in, can follow, that you guys can be a leader in. So we're essentially talking about your competitors. So how, how do you collaborate with your competitors around these goals? Well, many of our competitors have set similar goals to ours, which is phenomenal. But you're right. There isn't sort of some of the collaboration in some cases in the industry that I think there's an opportunity to have because we always do see each other as competitors, you know, and we do participate in, I'd call it, you know, non-competitive type activities where, you know, we're part of different collaboratives or we work with industry third parties that try to bring us together, you know, whether it's FMI or other industry groups, but there is still some, I'd call it maybe emotional or psychological distance that gets created in those environment. Like we don't want to share everything, which is understandable from a competitive standpoint, but so much of what we're trying to achieve only works if we're all pulling in the same direction at the same time. So if we're trying to push for change in plastics and packaging, it's not just our volume that matters. It's volume of all of our competitors pushing on the same CPGs to say we're looking for change. So I would say the CPG companies are actually feeling this momentum, feeling this push from us, but they're feeling it from different conversations they have with each retailer. And I think there's even more opportunity in the industry for us to be working together to make those changes collectively. Just as an example, there actually isn't enough product in circularity. For example, people recycling to get plastic back into circulation for there to be more non-virgin plastic in all of our plastics and packaging that we have in our stores. That's not something that Albertsons can solve by itself. It's something that's really going to take us all working to push consumers and, and to educate them to do that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to be doing more of a non-competitive sharing, but collective push in, in the industry. Some organizations, like let's just say milk, 
there's a consortium of companies that are participating to create that change that just doesn't exist right now around sustainability and retailers? It exists, but it's slow. And I think that just our natural history has been to be competitors with each other, to not share this type of information, which is very reasonable given how fierce it is out there fighting for consumers and every penny and every dollar that you can get. I think what's unique about this space is that we are only successful individually if we are successful collectively, that it is a space where we actually have to participate together in order to enable something. And I think that is unique. And that's sort of the door, I believe, that we all could be walking through together. So there's definitely consortiums and groups trying to work on this. The pace, the intensity, the willingness to lean in, you can still see some guardedness and that's something I would really, I'd really love to work with my peers to change. Okay. What's your call to action? Let's say you have the opportunity. You've got a nice platform here. We have thousands, if not tens of thousands of listeners, suppliers, retailers. Basically, you've got the ecosystem here listening to you. What do you want them to do? How do you bring them in? Give them a call to action. I would love to see us getting together to say, what are some of the highest volume products that all of us sell? How do we take the plastic and packaging, for example, of those items and change it to be more climate friendly and develop that roadmap together and align on what that roadmap could be and how we are going to help bring it to life for consumers so consumers know what they need to do differently to get those products back into circularity? I think that is something that we could all be doing together. So, just as an example, we have bags inside cereal boxes. That's something that multiple companies have, right? We know what to do with the boxes, consumers, right? We know to recycle that cardboard box, but that plastic film inside that cereal bag, that is not curbside recyclable. That has to come back to a place that can recycle flexible plastics. Our stores are one of the places that you can bring that material back to, and we will recycle it because we already recycle that type of plastic. That's something we could be doing as an industry. And while I would love the competitiveness of them all coming back to our stores, the truth is we don't cover the entire U.S. We cover 34 states. So we need everybody in on creating those types of opportunities for consumers to bring their packaging back into circularity. Love that example. And for goodness sakes, you're just calling out the biggest food companies. So all right, Kellogg, Mills, Post, what you got? I mean, in the end, if that's what you're trying to do, then given these are pantry staples, wouldn't any retailer want to be participating? So this is this is the call to action to all retailers and all suppliers, at least starting with cereal boxes. If you actually want to make a difference, contribute to the reduction of waste, at least in this step. That's exactly right. And we actually see PPG companies really leaning in. I mean, the companies you're talking about, the Kellogg's of the world, for example, have been great partners in this type of thing for us. The hard part is that there have to be enough venues for consumers to truly get into that habit of bringing back that plastic and knowing what to do with it. And then us authentically doing something with that plastic to put it back into the plastic system, right? So that it can be used in other products. And there's not a lot of ways for CPG companies to shout about this. The way CPG companies are going to shout about this is really 
through the retailers. And that is the biggest voice that they have. And so there's going to be ways that we can be marketing with them through our collective, right? Our digital media companies and things like that. But there also has to be, I think, a push by retailers in the industry to make this available to consumers so that you know that anytime you walk into a grocery store, you can take that flexible plastic back and something productive will be done with it. Amazing examples. Suzanne, it's clear that your everyday role has a lot of bravery in it, but curious how you're going to answer our famous last question, which is what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this question. It's a great question just for your own mental, right, consideration. And I've heard people talk about the bravery of being a parent. And I think that that's really true. I have two boys and and they're, I'm just about to be an empty nester. For me, being a parent wasn't brave. It was a necessity. I felt like I lost my mom when I was young. And so doing this as a parent was sort of my ability to be to someone else, what I didn't fully get the opportunity to experience from a mom. So I actually decided I wanted to talk for a second about a time when I think the difference between bravery and foolishness is knowing the outcome and really considering what will come of my decision. There have been many times in my career where I've taken roles where I didn't know how to do it. Others didn't know how to do it because I was being asked to do something that was sort of new and different. And I did it anyway. And yet one time I remember it was very tough on my family. I was traveling a lot. The work was hard. I wasn't showing up as the parent I wanted to be. And I think in some ways wasn't showing up as the employee I wanted to be because of that. And I decided I had to leave that job. I decided I just was going to have to find something new. And it was brave because I am a breadwinner for my family. I'm not the only, but I'm a breadwinner. And I knew that there was risk involved in making a decision to leap. But I felt like those risks were a more important risk to take than risking my own family and my own career by staying. And so I leapt and the ground appeared beneath my feet. And that's actually when I took the job with Albertsons, which has now propelled me into the job I'm in today. So I think there's something about being brave where you know the consequences dire and doing it anyway, because it's the right thing for you personally. An awesome, awesome example. A majority of our listeners are working parents, so I'm sure they could really relate with what you just shared. I hope so. It felt really scary at the time, but looking back, you know, you leap and the ground will appear. (laughs) I love that. Well, Suzanne, thank you. There was a strong call to action. If you're a retailer, Suzanne Long on LinkedIn, slide into those DMs. Let's get the collaboration going because it can be world changing. Thank you, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.